Welcome to Watch What Crappens, a podcast about all that crap on Bravo that we just love to talk about. I'm Ben Mandelker, and joining me today is not only the wonderful and hilarious Ronnie Karam, but we actually have two other very special guests. We have Darren Karp and Liz Cully. What's up? Hi. Yay. Welcome. Ow, welcome. Ow. Wait, there's what? crap on Bravo? Then? There's, there's crap, crap on Bravo. I know. It's <laughs> adorable, Surprising. wonderful crap. Everywhere. <laughs> Hi, so guys. Strange. How are you? Welcome to the show. Thanks for, Thank having, for having us. Yes, and, we're excited ooh. to scissor yes, with you. Congrats, we were on, scissoring. congrats on your podcast. Scissoring isn't a thing. I actually did not Thank know you. that scissoring wasn't a thing. It is That's a thing. You told me your podcast name. It is a thing, right? It's no, it's a thing. It is. Yeah, no, I Liz, so. And we're not just talking about crafting. We've amended it. <laughs> I have amended it, as I've said to Liz over a few episodes. It's not scissoring like this, right? Like scissoring is more of like a whoppy hump. Okay, mm. not a dry hump. What's a whoppy hump? Oh, whoppy hump. Oh, okay. hump. The Cardi Come B on, of Ronnie. the wop. Come on, yeah, let's, yes. Yes. let's go sorry. pop culture maidens. Yes. No. Let's, let's go, go pop culture. Like, yeah, come on. I've been watching Peaky Blinders, and they're using that. And I had to, oh, I had I to look up Peaky that Blinders. word, and then I was like, that's just a racist word. That's not a very nice word. And then I was like, but it's also a vagina song. So that's where I'm at in my pop culture. I would like to see a show called Whoppy Blinders. I think that would be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Me too, for that matter. Ditto. Me too. I'd love yeah. to see that. I'd like to see that show. So before, I can already tell we're about to start bantering like crazy. And so before we do that, let please promote whatever you need to promote. Tell people where they can find you on social media, where they can sure. tell us about your podcast, everything. Wow. Well, uh, we co-host a podcast called Scissoring Isn't a Thing. Uh, we are both queer women. I identify as a lesbian. Liz identifies as a bisexual. But as she says, you can call her a lesbian because she's married to her wife. So she's fine with it. And we talk all things pop culture. We always have like a, a an influencer or a queer guest on. We talk about how they came out, overcoming that, if they had any struggles and kind of how they deal with it in their creative craft, you know, depending on who we had. We just interviewed King Princess. We were talking about her, everything. Thing. So that's really what it's about. It mixed with a little pop culture. You can follow us at SIAT podcast on Instagram and TikTok and all that good stuff. And you can follow me personally at Carpe Darren and Liz at Listen to Liz. And our episodes drop every Friday. Liz, did I get that right? Wow. Yeah, I'm just going to I might take a nap. Liz, I think you have to, like Liz. I mean, that's very hard to top. Darren had that down very, very well. I mean, I think, yeah, that's it. <laughs> Can you give us a spiel? Give us a spiel about something. Tell us about the microphone. I mean, this is actually Hilarious. my microphone for the last 15 years, and it was my tour microphone when I sang back in the day. Oh, sweet. So oh, you, you so are. You didn't think that was coming, did you? Uh, no, no you know, but I'm like excited about date. it. I, I'm actually looking at your microphone thinking how you must be like the Ben of our couple because Ben loves a handheld microphone. He always has I to do. use a handheld. He has a little picture with his handheld on all of his social <laughs> and you're like rocking the handheld funny, like though, Ben. Ronnie, 
I might retire this handheld because the sound is not really? consistent. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. I think I might just get like one that's on the deck, you know, like on the deck. That's what I really got. like amp- just- so I can move my hands around. Yeah. You know? Well, I, I like the handheld just for the live shows because yes. um like sitting here right now, as you can see. My hands are free, but um, like on a, on a live show, I like to be able to sit back in my chair, and I actually find that like I can kind of like control my audio a little bit more because I think I get very excited on stage and I like get mm. really up into the microphone and start screaming into it if it's not sure. handheld. Although I guess I, I do that with handheld too, but it just makes me feel a little bit more like Mariah Carey. And I think anything you can do to make yourself feel more like Mariah <laughs> on stage is something you should do. Yeah, I, I do the same thing. I have about a half a liter of vodka before I hit the stage. Um, and I feel see? just like Mariah wow, Carey really as well. Oh, wow, basically yeah. you're like me, but with the handheld. Damn it, this is very, yes. it's very difficult to just it's kind of stereotype after. you guys. Yeah, right. you guys aren't fit, fitting into the buckets. Yeah. Um, so uh, one thing that people may or may not know is that you guys also know quite a bit about Bravo. And in fact... One of you is very, you guys, one of you is like right in, like the right in the home base of Bravo, like right in the center of it all. Cause Darren, you actually, I don't want to say this incorrectly. You work for, you work with Andy Cohen himself. For and with, yes. I've, I've worked for Andy Cohen. That was my first, I was started as an NBC page and then I got to be his assistant right out. I was like fresh out of college at 23. So I've been his assistant i say i work with him because he's like you're so much more than the assistant now but almost 11 years so right at the heart and you got that's crazy because you're another nbc page another one of you you know and i'm very jealous because (laughs) i could never do that i always wanted to do that when i lived in new york and i couldn't because i didn't go to college and i was and Mm. i remember my mom being like Mm. i told you i told you to go to college because i couldn't be a page and now look at you guys just winning the fucking world so thanks darren (laughs) i wanted to be a page too i was an intern at 30 rock but i never was a page what did what did you intern for i interned uh on late night with conan o'brien back in 1998. wow 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 in a previous century time to have done that though mm -hmm. yeah that was the seinfeld that was musty thursdays that was a big it was truly like the best job i've ever had to this day like it was it was just like the most fun ever <laughs> well, yeah. this no, isn't a job, Ronnie. Nine, this is a lifestyle. Ronnie, you didn't go to college. Really, okay. Yeah, it was my it was my favorite free. college level job I've ever had. Exactly. Uh, well, you know, some of the interns hated the pages, and some of the pages hated the interns. You know, because we got paid as pages, and we we, mm. we looked at ourselves as like, no, no, this is a job, and like, oh, are you an NBC intern? We're like, no, we're pages, <laughs> and it was like a West Side Story, but. uh I, I always liked the interns. I, I never was lucky to intern at 30 Rock. There was a lot of choreo in those hallways. I did notice that. A lot of yes. <laughs> so so what is it like sort of on a day-to-day basis? Like what's it like being Andy's assistant? I mean, I imagine it's like he's he seems like he does a million things at once. Like how hard he, is it to coordinate all that? He does. I mean, he does do a million things at once. I mean, when I started out with him, which was in 2011, March of 2011, you know, he was only on one, I think maybe two nights a week on Watch What Happens Live. I mean, it had just kind of started. This was even before it was Watch What Happens Live with Andy Cohen. And, you know, he kind of came from the digital world. He sort of taught me how to have a million jobs. And it was very corporate. You know, I was 
coordinator of this. And so I really learned my chops. I said to myself, like, I'll give him two to three years. I'll devote nothing except to Andy. And in that two to three year period, I really hammered down the job. And like Andy is a a creature of habit, creature of routine. You know, he's got a close knit group of friends. So once I kind of worked out what he wanted and what he needed, then it just became rote memory at this point. And now at 11 years, you know, he can kind of shorthand something to me and I could get it done in kind of five minutes. So it's it's a lot of work in terms of, you know, there's a lot of pressure. You always want to do something right for Andy because he's got big things. In fact, I just came from his apartment setting up this Microsoft shoot. And I was like, is the mic on? Am I going to pull a Liz Cully? Am I going to pull a Ronnie oh, here? <laughs> you know, okay, uh, don't, don't wow. want that. Don't I did go to college. <laughs> don't want to call it up. Uh, don't want any of that mess in there. But uh, it's fun and it's nice. And he is like the best boss. And so after I kind of did that, he trusted me to kind of go do he's my nice because I just we... feel like he's, you know, like the camera goes off and he's like that little baby from Roger Rabbit with the cigar. And he's like, fuck you, fuck you, fuck <laughs> <laughs> you. Know, like... Move aside there, douchebag. Move aside, douche. Um, <laughs> no, he's the same to me on and off camera. I mean, we're family at this point, honestly. And like, if he's being testy, I'll tell him to his face. I'll just be like, you're being impatient and testy. Give me a fucking minute. He's like, okay. That's fair. Okay. But he's a good guy. Do you have to field a lot of phone calls from various Bravo celebrities who are trying to like get to him to be like, how can we, like, when when am I going to be back on the show? Like, I'm I'm basically doing Jules Aaron voice. Like, hey, hey, Andy, when am I going to be back on the (laughs) show? I'm going to be on it. What's up with that edit? Just Jill Zarin, basically? Are you asking me about that? Well, I'm uh, sure, we don't even need to ask you about that. I'm sure your ass has talked to a Jill Zarin plenty. I'm, I'm sure <laughs> yeah. you've had to field a lot of Zarin calls. I'll put it this way. It's a lot easier now that we're remote because they don't know my personal cell phone number. <laughs> oh, that's They might good. have had my office number, but uh, that's helpful. I mean, if you've read Donald Diamonds and Rosé, which is uh, Dave Quinn's book on Andy Cohen's imprint about the housewife's history, there was a few housewives, one in particular, who said that she reached out to Andy's assistant and never heard back, which was a lie because I never would miss anything from any housewife. I love all of them. I've had Candace. good relationships with them, but yes. Uh, yes, it was Candace. I have mm-hmm. to uh, field a lot of the, you know, I protect him. You have to like run He's a lot of guy. interference. Right? And is that hard? Is that like, like, what is, <laughs> I mean, I feel like that's very difficult because I feel like a lot of these, a lot of these Bravo celebrities, I feel like sort of have like a little bit of an ego, which is why they're on TV, you know, and like, how do you manage them at all? Like, and how do you manage them and like, you know, make sure like balance all these different plates? Well, it's it's I do come from sort of this privileged position because everyone obviously wants to please Andy. You know, Andy's like the guy that everyone wants to be around. And so by nature of kind of being with him and his assistant, all of the women treat me with the utmost respect, not saying that they wouldn't normally. But I think with me, they also want to curry favor because they kind of know that I have his ear and, Mm. and can let it happen. So that isn't so hard. But I used to go on tour with Andy and Anderson when they would do their AC2 talks. And whenever we were in a city in Dallas, you know, L.A., he would invite all the housewives. And it was my job to, like, wrangle them. And it was like cat hurting. (laughs) It was one of the hardest jobs I've ever had in my entire life. Like it impossible. You know, like I I could I could handle 900 recordings with Liz on scissoring isn't a thing per day. Voice is just dropping. Still not as hard as wrangling like Kelly Dodd and Gina, you know, together. I was like, I I just. I was like, I just can't. I just can't. So that was kind of the hard thing. But again, after 11 years, you know, it's uh, I kind of know how to deal with them yeah. now. It's it's just 
it's easier. And it's Liz, easier. you deal with a lot of people too, right? You're the executive director of Condé Nast. Mm, give fancy <laughs> of entertainment. Yeah. Oh, just that. So, are you just that? So fancy. Yeah. I don't know if you've I heard of it. Like, like, that's I... very fancy. Okay. I interned at Condé. That's my She's intern fancy. story. Didn't require a college. Oh, were, okay. were you Condé Nast? <laughs> oh, wow. It's like interns versus interns. Yes, it is. Um, <laughs> I, I worked there for just like a second. It was like a temp thing. Um, and I was like, this is the fanciest shit I've ever seen in my life. Like, even everybody who worked there was very fancy. And I still think of it that way. It still has that glow for me. It does. Um, and it is, it can be intimidating. I love it. I'm really lucky in the sense that I have a fantastic team and, you know, I got brought in, I think at a time in my career where I definitely had like proven myself, but in terms of talent wrangling, I mean, in the beginning part of my career, I mean, I produced really in the digital space for vice, um, Oh my God. Liz also used to work at MySpace. Well, I was going to say, and then I worked at MySpace for quite a long time. So I, and the first video I ever produced was a series that I ended up doing over a hundred episodes of called five minutes to stage. And it was a concept where I went like to a show and got to, I would interview the artist and their, like their whole team and the way we would edit it, it would feel like it was the five minutes right before they hit the stage. Also a great way to avoid music licensing. Oh, and my smart. first smart. That should you. also be a name of it. See, Darren, I'm not dumb. Avoid music licensing. Um, yeah, so it was great. And here I was. And the first ever episode was with Courtney Love. Whoa. Wow. Oh, so you guys I mean, can that's just some take wrangling. That. Yeah, that's some Kelly Dodd wrangling. <laughs> right Did you guys there. sing a duet together? And I will never forget her True. opening up all of her suitcases filled with lingerie and underwear and taking out on the floor, by the way, on her hands and knees, every single one screaming at her team. And here I was like... <laughs> you know 26 years old or whatever like yeah sure like ooh, what <laughs> does there does andy do that to you darren unpack All his lingerie andy and scream at you trunks of lingerie <laughs> that he shows me honestly and then i call liz i'm like does this look good on him or should we put this on my space but no it was like so my stories in terms of talent wrangling are they do run very, very deep. And, you know, yeah, I got a lot of, I got a lot of stories. Some I share, some I don't, but Courtney Love being kind of the first real chaotic moment where I really was on my own to interview and produce. And I had this like camera kid named Scott with me and he's just like, panicked you know what mm. i mean we've paid yeah. him like 75 bucks it's my space and i'm texting with my boss in new york um who had actually been my former boss head of content at vice and i was just like oh i don't think any of this is like legal and i don't know if any of this can go on air and he's just like don't stop filming yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean anyway so yes i've definitely had my fair share. I don't know if it's like, I don't know who is more intense, Kelly Dodd or Courtney Love. I think Kelly Dodd. They're on a spectrum. spectrum. I think they're like at the most dramatic of their spectrum. I mean, I think that that's a perfect comparison. And then um, Darren's worked with Andy. You've worked with Tom. I mean, they even, Andy and Tom from MySpace even have a similar look (laughs) in their pictures. I thought you said the same. They do kind of actually. Andy should totally be Tom for Halloween. And he could just like, 
Just sort of like look over oh your shoulder God, for the yes, whole, the whole, yeah. whole day. Like your first, Make damn it, it your first MySpace message. Like, hi, welcome to MySpace. I'm Tom. Did you get new boobs? Oh. Did you get new boobs? Let's talk about Oh my God. It's so okay, crazy. so you guys also oh. know a lot of Bravo Gauss we can question you about. So sure. um, yes. I know that you, Madame, are friends with Liz. I'm talking to you, I guess. Oh, I'm, I was about to go back. I was to like, sleep. I am yes. not I didn't a Madame. Know if you were so, gonna, yeah. I didn't know if you were Ma'am. just going, going right back to Darren. Well, I want to okay, hear yes, some gossip. So I it. just know yours for, well, I don't know yours, but I know that you are besties with Leah McSweeney. So I want to yes. ask. Some how do you guys know each other? Yeah. First of all, how do you guys know each other? What's the story? Well, Leah. <laughs> At MySpace, uh, when I worked at MySpace, I had a show oh. called Getting Nailed. So it really, would... it really comes back to MySpace. It always All comes to MySpace. It always comes back to what MySpace. year is this, Liz, that you're talking about? So though? this like, what is, year is MySpace? ten years ago. So it's uh-huh. 2010, 11, really and the... okay. I had had a show called Getting Nailed where I got my nails done with celebrities, oh. and I was putting it together, and I had done a couple of episodes at that point, and a PR girl who like Leah and I are no no longer talking to had brokered a deal with one of her clients that had been on my show. She was modeling for married to the mob, which has is Leah's clothing uh, company. And I went to New York and this girl was like, listen, I think you and Leah, I can't explain why, but I think you guys would hit it off. Here's the address to her office. Like I'll just tell her you're coming by. So there I was, it was in, it was cold. It was freezing. It was like November. And I went to her office kind of actually near the watch what happens live, like near embassy row office. And I go in and I like go in the elevator and Rob her husband or her ex-husband, I shouldn't say actually. And they're never husband and baby wife. Daddy. That, it's yeah, baby, baby daddy, daddy. But like, well, we can also talk about that. I am like the divorced child that really wants them to get back together. Like that would be my personal They're both dream. so cool. They're both so cool. I, a, cool like, Rob, a cool love story. Rob is That's not always one. exciting on TV, but exciting in real life maybe. He's, yes. he's cool. 100%. <laughs> Rob is my favorite. So anyway, I go up, Rob opens the door, like opens up the elevator door and like here I am. And I was like, hi, um, I don't really even know what I'm doing here. I'm here to see Leah. Anyway, long story long is that we met that day we, she showed me every, all of the married to the mop, like every, all the clothes that were coming out. We just totally hit it off. We went out to dinner and honestly, just like never, she never even came on my show. <laughs> we, we ended up just like constantly talking. She would like sleep at my house when she would come to LA. I would stay with her. I became really close with Kira, her daughter, Kiki, as we yeah. saw her on TV. Are- Sarah, and I just I knew her parents. Anyway, we just became like really close, long standing friends, like 10 years ago. Are you ago. the connection to how she got on to no, 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 Roni, no, no, like no. through you to Darren? No to way, Andy's no, 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 no. But no, cause she had been on Patty Stanger's making oh, she was Matchmaker on, yeah. Millionaire. Ma- wow, Millionaire Matchmaker. matchmaker. I didn't realize you that. Didn't? But Bam. the only it, I, I, connection I, I, there is that she was in LA and had called me. Darren knows this too, cause we talked about this on the show, but Leah had called me and she's like, dude, I have an audition to be on Real Housewives of New York. And I was like, that does not make any sense. (laughs) I mean, I was like, that doesn't make sense. And I'm driving down La Cienega and she's like, will you go shopping with me? Like, can you, can we go get an outfit? So, and of course my response was like, there's no better shopping in New York, but like, 
not to diss on LA. Obviously, yeah, I live no. there, but for me, shopping in New York, like you can't compare. So I was like, girl, might as well just go buy those clothes at opening ceremony in New York. But yeah, so I was kind of on the phone with her when she got the uh, audition. So the stuff so. the I think it oh, sorry, came Jenny. through Bethany though. Didn't didn't oh, Bethany. Well, tell us? Yes and no. Yes and yes. Remember we talked about it. She talked we about talked it about episode. it on our show. I know, but I'm forgetting like the specific detail because so, she said that Bethany didn't we thought Bethany like put her up, you know, Bethany yeah. was like, Leah would be great. Didn't, but then Leah was like, I don't know, Bethany. Yeah. Didn't she just give like, <laughs> and a she, like followed her for a hot second and unfollowed her. And it was super weird. And we don't know. I don't yeah, know. We don't, we don't. I just read somewhere that floor. she said she just handed in like a long list of people because all the housewives apparently, uh, maybe this was in the Dave Quinn book that they just all hand in a bunch of people that they like. Uh, or that they think that would be good. So she was like, I, I don't know. I don't know. She's a mob something, you know, mob married or something, <laughs> that girl. So they found her on Instagram. <laughs> Thanks, That's Dave Quinn. Amazing. Yeah, Thanks, right. Dave. Exactly. Thanks, DQ Dave. with that. Commercials. Here comes one right now. So this, my question about this Leah stuff we're releasing this episode around Thanksgiving. So this might be kind of okay. old news by the time people are hearing this question, but the most recent stuff, obviously the New York reunion was canceled and nobody knew why they assumed it was something kind of racisty. And then we found out that it was Ramona saying something stupid and racist um, and getting in trouble for that. And the most recent stuff is that Leah and Ebony are no longer speaking. What happened? Tell me everything. Whose fault is it? <laughs> Whose fault is it? Who did it? I will clarify, it? though. I will clarify that the Rooney reunion, it was a lot of honest, just production issues. And then by the time that we got all the schedules together, it had already been like a month or two since we ended the season. And then once we edited it, it wouldn't have come out until literally last week. So it would have felt like old news. And by yeah. that time, they were just like, let's start fresh. Let's get a new season. The season was rough anyway. So I just want to clarify that it wasn't mm -hmm. like, a hundred percent Ramona said oh, something okay. racist. Liz yeah. can answer to the Leah. Wait, actually, I, have, I just have a question before Liz answered that though. I have a question. Why were there so many, if you can, if you can answer, like why were there production issues with this uh, reunion as opposed to like any other season where it's always sort of like fine. Sometimes it's a matter of like, of just scheduling these people. You know, Ebony has like a full, a lot of these women have like full-time jobs kind of outside of what they're doing. So mm -hmm. it's a matter of getting spaces with COVID regulations, all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. It was just kind of hard. I can't say like what one thing happened in terms of the other, cause I don't work at the production company, but uh, I do know it was really just production issues. And then it was a timing thing. Cause you need things to be like the fancy yeah. answers as soon as it's done. You know what I mean? Like even yeah. Erica Jane, if that was in six months from now, it just wouldn't pull the same thing, you know? Yeah, right. Can we blame so it on Jill Zarin? It's Jill Zarin's fault. Oh, it's Jill Zarin's fault, 100%. <laughs> and also it's, Jill, it's Jill Zarin and Kelly Dodd's fault. It's totally, definitely totally. always Kelly Dodd's fault. You heard first, guys. That's also <laughs> yes. not... Um, the that was a pretty controversial season to be like six weeks later. Okay, let's go through it right. again. Yeah, black Shabbat. And let's yeah. just do it again. And let's be frank. Like, <laughs> oh, I don't, I don't want to see the ladies be say something that they're going to regret later or something that's like horrible too to late. say. Like, that's not. I mean, yes, too late in a while in a Isn't long time. But that's also not really what Housewives is about. Housewives is about women behaving badly that are rich. Right. That's what it's about. That's sure. literally what we're watching. Like. They're rich, good looking, and they're kind of behaving badly. And they're doing the things and saying the things that we as normal human beings cannot say do. 
because we have consequences in our lives and we're not on TV. And that's (laughs) really what it's about. So none of the like comments that they were making or like how Ramona was acting, like surprised me in the least. You know, I I, Ramona just like Ramona would call anyone the help because Ramona's just better than everyone. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was was definitely not a good season for her. It was it it, in like it did not. It was just like every episode was like a bad look for her one after the other after the other. But you know what? You know what? I'm sorry, but like I just don't use my words correctly. Okay, I'm sorry. Okay. Okay. Here we go. Round the barn. Back to the question with Liz. All right, Liz. Who's following? Okay, so back to you, Liz. Sorry, Liz. Putting you on the spot. I actually thought, Darren, that you were saving me in this like amazing (laughs) way, and I was just like, "This is actually great." I'm just gonna sit back. Listen, I um don't know what you read it said basically okay you, so there was a party where was it for, from there was uh tmz was it like page six oh, or, like, or page six had something like it's all the same so oh, right because it's usually page source, six yes. starts it and then everybody else just copy and paste but the sure. first thing was the dave sure. quinn book came out and there was the book party and supposedly leah ramona and who else was it? Luann, I guess that was the Luann. Like left, they when left. Ebony they made up. a pact to leave when Ebony. Ebony oh yeah, I up. had read so that. So then Ebony showed Dorinda up. Dorinda was also there, but not right. Yeah. But she became mm. friends with Ebony. I think. So then, yeah, you know, I wasn't at the party. Darren <laughs> forgot to invite me, oh, so I don't snap. know. Scissoring um, is not a I thing anymore. I can't speak to that. <laughs> I was today. texting with Leah in the car as she was going because we were actually talking about how that outfit that she wore was one of the looks that she was going to wear on the reunion. And I was at, she and I had literally just been together two days previous in LA. Um, And so I was like, I had seen it. So I was like, you know what I mean? We were like girlfriends. I was like, yes, this is the one to choose. You know what I mean? And so I don't know anything about that. Well, the recent one, that was the old story. So the recent one is that, they were questioning Ebony on an interview that she did about Leah and she was being really like, well, she's what she's always been of, you know, someone I work with or like. Who said that? Leah said that? said that about Leah. So they're like, well, why is she shading Leah? And then they asked Leah, why is she shading you? And she said, I don't know. I mean, I haven't really talked to her or anything, but we're fine. So she gave that kind of answer. Yeah, that's sort of what I would, I would say what Leah said. Okay, you know what? We're going to edit all that out. And you're going to make up some shit right now, okay? <laughs> make up a story, create a scandal. You're on a podcast, you gonna be on page not a tea six. party. You are okay? going to be on page six. Do you I've been be on page into- six because of Leah already. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, That's no, true. listen. Here's what I can say is that I can't speak for Leah and I don't know about that. I would, I What Leah said, like, yeah, I'm not really tripping. Like, we're fine, whatever. Leah's not worried from what I know about it. So I can't really speak to that stuff. What I can tell you as a viewer, I just didn't like Ebony on the show. I just kind of, she just kept like, I think she had a couple of moments and I can understand that she was definitely trying to use her platform to, you know, uh, elevate the conversation. And I, you know, I really actually appreciate that. I, I like that, but at the same time, it just felt sort of rehearsed after a while after I started watching it. And she actually became more inauthentic to me as time went on. And yeah. so I just, as a viewer, didn't really gravitate towards. I think Eb- that's been one of the criticisms uh, about Ebony is that like there was, um, she sort of seemed to lack, she seemed to lack 
the lack of self-awareness that makes she for a great housewife. She wasn't reading the room. Yes, yeah, that's a perfect, well, I think perfect she, way of I saying it. I think she it. read the room perfectly, literally, Revit. It was like... Read it, yeah. read it, you know, because <laughs> yeah. but I think she yeah. read it perfectly. I think yeah. she would, yeah, read it to Phil. I think she read it perfectly. She's <laughs> just in a crazy room. I mean, it's like you just shove these people well, into a room. It's like yeah. Ramona. Me, My God. Well, <laughs> so and, and not for nothing, but like this, the series has been on for a decade plus. Like, I know that you've watched a few episodes and I'm and to Liz's point, I'm glad that she's using her platform because listen, if she didn't use that platform, she was going to get so much fucking shit. Yeah, sure. Especially the time period if she did, damned if she did, damned if she don't. So she had to do that. But I don't necessarily think that having a dinner where you're teaching Ramona Singer about who Duke Ellington is, is when Ramona is hungry, is like the best way to get your message across, which is what I meant by reading the room. Like, I just don't. Ramona's never going to respond to that. She's just never going to respond to that. Just not Ramona. But I also don't think that's that's authentic. But Sorry, I also don't ahead. think that's Ebony's. I don't think that's Ebony's downfall. Like, because that's that's on Ramona if she can't sit still for right. like ten minutes to learn some basic things. <laughs> yeah, um, I think yeah. that Ebony's. That's how I feel. I mean, too. Ebony I was mean, in a Ramona, tough situation. Jesus. Yeah, yes. I mean, Ebony's in a tough situation because, like, you know, she's not supposed to be the teacher, but she's in a situation where I think she felt some pressure, regardless to be the teacher. So of she's a little damned if she does, damned if she doesn't. I think Ebony's downfall is ultimately that she does sort of present a little like. Because she actually is self-aware and she's smart and she realizes how she's coming off, I feel like we don't always get like just unfiltered Ebony. Sometimes it yeah, feels right. like it feels like everything she did was very deliberate totally. and not like calculating, you know. And uh, I don't know. I, I think that like Roni is really the playground for people who have who think they're coming off wonderfully and are actually being just like awful and. Ebony like actually so knows New how York, she's coming right? off. So, so New York, <laughs> right? So New York. Ebony, so I think, but I mean, smart. but yeah, yeah it's well, just to your smart. point, it's a clown car. Real Housewives of New York is a clown car, and she's not a clown for sure. You know, yeah, and and That's to your fair. point, Ben, I think like you know, I, I agree with you that she's probably so self aware, and it's Ramona's problem if she can't sit still for fifteen minutes and like has to like break the Jewish seder to go like eat a fucking cracker in <laughs> yeah. the back. Like as a Jewish person, I was just like, are you fucking kidding me? Like Black Shabbat what, what, was. I mean, it it was it was an episode to remember, but we've also had 10, 11 years of seeing Ramona act fucking ridiculous when put against the wall in so many ways. And we only got 15 episodes of Ebony. And so what we're only seeing that one season of Ebony. And so I think that she was kind of put into a shitty position to your point being damned if you do damned if you don't. But when that's the only thing we're seeing of you and there's no relaxed throwing tiki torches or whatever you want, like no Leah McSweeney season one. It's hard for the audience to kind of warm to that in a way and like fall yeah. in love with you. You know, we all fall in love with Sonia when she's like hopping on the table, breaking the glass at a party. Like that's you know, so awesome. good. I think the so only good. time I think the only time we actually really got to see like Ebony was actually a black Shabbat when she was just so mortified and so kind of like broken down by the the craziness around her that she was like, I I don't know why I came here. I don't know why I did this. It and was like a moment where class. she just was like, she I did. don't I don't know. She what handled do. it with class. I will I say, like she was a mature person in that yeah. way. Yeah, she just wasn't it for me. Do you know what I mean? No, that's that's fair. it. Like, like I, I mean, just, everybody has yeah. their housewives. You know, like we sit here and argue about it every single like every day. Yeah, oh, you're yeah. like we. we this that. is our job. So, um, who else can you gossip about? Maybe someone you're not. Well, about I can't gossip, to. I but I can just tell you that I literally, I have like an online relationship with Heather Gay. 
That's very, I'm very, I'm very I'm jealous pushing them to you. date. I'm yeah. pushing them to like date. And honestly, my wife it knows could about it. Like it's right. very real. She came to LA to shoot her book cover and didn't call me. Wow. And I Heather am Gay. not kidding you. My text message was like, is it over? Huh. Like, Am I yeah. heartbroken? Like, what is happening here? She's like, I'm so sorry. I It was 24 hours. I'm already back in Salt Lake. And I was like, I'm just saying, like, I don't know where to go from here. I mean, we were really trying to plan a weekend in Santa Barbara. Like, all of this is true, by wow. the way. Darren can attest. This is oh, not. Yeah. Would you ever have a thruple? With Heather Gay and your wife, like, you'd have to. Have some wine no, I'm not saying menage. I'm saying like I'm oh, saying. You'd have to. Could you? Would you have like you know like just all three of you just be like wives together with with Heather with Heather Gay? Oh, like yes, would I wouldn't be the only Heather couple to in be Utah. one of my sister wives. Yes, yes, I would. It all started because she came on the show, and Darren and I absolutely fell in love with her. She sent us necklaces, like. Couldn't oh, have been yeah. lovelier. She educated us about Mormonism and kind of her conflicting feelings on it. Really dove in deep and was fantastic. And I felt, and Darren, you tell me what you think, but like really was as lovely and genuine on air off. You know what I mean? And so we ended up, I was like, damn, we kind of look alike. Like, you know, and I had took a picture and like whatever. Have you I checked your family Instagram. tree? Because you might have a little Shadrach in your past. I yeah. hope so. Aren't they rich? I feel like I know. Actually, is Shadrach rich? Well, he was like the great, 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 great grandfather that everybody's like, oh my God, Shadrach's your great, 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 great. He's my great, 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 great. That's how they all know that they're related. I just don't want to work anymore. So if that Shadrach can get me out of this shack, I'm good. But I feel like Heather's a good. I feel like Heather's a good sister wife for all of us. Like I would have, I would invite Heather into my relationship because I feel like she always would have snacks, right? Like anything you need, you feel like she sort of has a bag. She's like, Oh, hold on. I got that. I got that. Okay. And you know, she'll have like little gift bags and like just tote bags for any event that you're doing. Totally. Also, I think she's doing so well this second season. Like I think her kind of foiling all of the crazy and I just really, I'm here for it. I want to take her. I did text her. I want to take her to that ice cave and make new memories because mm. I don't think Jen Shaw was worth the trip to no. the ice cave. I think no, I No, and Heather right will never truly forgive throwing a churro into a sterno fire. I mean, yeah. like yeah. She'll, she needs a new memory. <laughs> so That's for the fair. record, it's also a good, it's pretty, it's a pretty easy season to do well on because it's like someone's arrested on federal charges another woman has potentially a cult mm-hmm. that she but runs like, so like i think going it's going pretty- <laughs> out and saying i don't fuck with the popo is like really took my emotional feelings to this extra place where i was like oh no like these feelings are deep and they're real like <laughs> yeah. she is so funny to me heather I is love perfectly her. perfectly self-aware she's the same on camera she's off like she doesn't even know that she's a housewife which i love like she's a genuine fan of andy like she just like want like she just like loves bravo and she loves yeah. it and she's just the nicest person but i will say salt lake city has one of the most unself-aware housewives i've ever seen in my entire oh, life yeah. and i was talking to andy about this and i was like mary cosby i was like you yeah. have to explain who this is and i i, I because i was like i and I talked to Liz about this, like, I don't know if it's like the religion caked into it, which bothers me Hi. a little bit, but it's like, I know that some part about being a housewife is like, I'm rich, I'm fabulous, I'm better than everyone else. And like, you want a little bit of not self-awareness, but she's so unself-aware that it's like, 
aggravating me. It's I, hard. She's it's I I um I love her lack of self awareness because I'm fascinated by her. Cause like I feel like at some point my fascination uh, of Mary Cosby will come back to bite me. Like she's gonna do something terrible. But like I'm like, how did Bravo find this woman? She is. Yeah legitimately one of the craziest housewives we've ever had like the things that she says are so strange and her perspectives on life and a lot of times i'm like she must be playing up for the camera but then i'm like i actually don't think she no, is she's i think not. This is, i think she's she really thinks there like are fish that. growing her. in her stomach yeah well, she's pretty no she yeah. thinks seltzer hardens your ovaries like that's what but and I thought does, he started to like, on her on Lisa. You guys, it, <laughs> that I was like, it kind of what? does. I know, but that's like, it kind of does harden your arteries. Okay, there is something about not your arteries, your ovaries. Like you guys, my ovaries are so hard right now. Ronnie, what are you talking <laughs> about? I, I'll this have to Google that, Ronnie, because you didn't go to college. Yeah. Water. So hard. you know. <laughs> However, I will say when ovaries. Heather was on our show, we asked whose closet you wanted to raid, and I thought she was going to say. Meredith and she said Mary because Mary is so rich she has all the like and this is for all the fashion lover listeners out there she's got all the really random limited one-off couture Chanel bags that are collectors Mm. like you wouldn't wear it outside which to me is a red flag to me that's just like why is this person so rich like I, I oh, how? she allegedly is embezzling money from these poor people. Well, like, that's who think that she speaks in tongues and that she's that's, like God reincarnate. That's my point. I mean, for someone who married her step grandfather, that's like the ninth weird thing about her. Yeah. Like that's that. not even the in the stunted, top five. The stunted growth, though, for me, and I, I know this is sort of a more serious way of looking at it. But I really think she had so much trauma, especially with her mother yes. and the yeah. reaction that I think she is has like a personality disorder. I mean, I think she's straight yeah, up so. is traumatized. But can I, so we talked about this before we started recording. Yes. And I have to ask all three of you guys something really important. Go ahead. Okay, everybody's ready? Yes, yeah. this is mm-hmm. like my space. Yeah. <laughs> You're in my top eight. What is going on with Meredith's boobs in the confessional like outfit? They look like... There is no, it looks like a breastplate. Yeah, w- that's we what tra- Ronnie that's said. That's what I was trying to okay, figure out Okay, thank God. Somebody, what is going on? It, it looks kind of like when drag queens wear the breastplate. But then I yes. saw a picture on Instagram, which only tells the truth. Okay, I mean. <laughs> of course. And she wasn't wearing IRL. all the necklaces. And so I was like, well, maybe it's not a breastplate. And then I thought you're really spending too much time worrying about someone's boobs. So I stopped no, thinking about it. No, but there's no definite. It's so weird. It looks like airbrush. Like there's so no I, boob. I have a theory. I have a theory because okay. as, as someone who actually uh, like took some time to look at it this week, because okay. every week I always forget to look. Cause I don't know. I guess I'm just not drawn. God, to the I have to look now. Yeah. yeah. I so look. I was like, I was, I was watching with my friend Neil, and and so he's like, no, there it is, right there. So we stopped, and so I paused and I looked at it, and I think what it is is that that she's bronzed the chest, so that way it's not like you know Snow White, and then I think that there's been some contouring, and somehow the way the light and the bronzer and the contouring work together, sort of give it a two dimensional look, almost like like a like an illustration and then yes! it's like that it's like that flatness of the illustration then like sparks off associations with the flatness of a breastplate and i think that's what it is i think it's the well, contouring and the bronzing aren't, together aren't it's an flat. illusion that's the that's the thing too because no I, it's, it's a breastplate so but then it's like a flat breastplate which is also super weird 
So I don't really know. Some people think that maybe she had a little surgery or something. So that's just um, to cover. But then why wouldn't you just, I mean, you are in Salt Lake City. Heather Gay has come on in like formal turtleneck a dresses. Turtleneck. You know? um, so I just Show have to person. interrupt this. Don't worry, everybody. It's not a commercial. I just have to say that study finds differences in effect of soda caffeinated drinks. Drinking soda daily may harm your fertility, okay? And it messes with your follicles. Not like my lack of them, but I guess you're, there's ovary follicles. I don't know. I really don't know how that stuff yeah, works. Wait, where is that from? The internet. He's like TMZ.com. The internet. He's like, that's where it's from. <laughs> yeah, it's from it's Mary M. Cosby School of Medicine. Yeah. Commercials. Here comes one right now. I do have to say, as someone who is a lesbian, finds Meredith Marks very attractive. Hot. I'm upset with myself that I have noticed. I don't boots. know how this she is, is possible, Darren. This really makes because me you're concerned. respectful. So I'm really you're respectful, Darren, and I feel like I, I'm because respectful. I look at their faceless. Yes. Yeah, we're looking at their faces. I normally look well, at I'm faces. Like, I'm not. I just I just noticed it because I read it on the internet, and I was like, wait, is it a, that's silly? And so I looked at it, and I was like, oh my god, is it a breastplate? But yeah, normally I don't look at boobs. Like if you're wearing a hello tag, I will never know your name because I don't want to be you know a total sexist. I'm very nervous because as I told you guys before we went on the air, I am literally going to a Meredith Marks trunk show right as soon as we're done recording because out of nowhere we got this email Meredith Marks has invited watch what happens to a trunk show so so uh Ronnie unfortunately is not here in LA but I'm gonna go and I'm like nervous I'm oddly very very nervous I mean I don't think she's gonna yell at me for some reason I feel like I'm in trouble but because I guess we talk so much shit on our podcast, but I feel like Brooks is going to be there and he's going to shade me so hard. Okay, I feel like first Brooks of is... all, I live by the Grove. You would be honored. If you get yeah. one of those tracksuits, you can just pop right over here okay. and drop it off on my front door. I'm I do dying for one of those tracksuits. I feel like Brooks is going to be like, oh, so you have a podcast and you talk shit about us? Great. And I'll be like, Ugh. yeah, we come from. And then Meredith's like... going to come out and be like, you're talking about my family? How dare you? My family? My, my family? family? Toddler like <laughs> She's going to disengage. We come from different places because I just assume that nobody listens ever. And you assume you, you're you're like, oh, Meredith I'm is going to see I, me I, and she's going to know who I am. I'm fearful. Well, you never know, because when I, I my favorite thing was a few weeks ago, I was I went to watch what happens live. Unfortunately, Darren, you weren't able to make it there, but yeah. um, I was sitting right behind Paige DeSorbo, and I was like, "Oh, hey, Paige, I just want to introduce myself to you. I'm Ben from Watch What Happens," and she goes, "I know exactly who you are," but she <laughs> meant it. In the, she meant I'm it in obsessed. a good way, but like that was like my favorite thing. But like you sort of don't know because sometimes they do know and sometimes they don't, and I, you know, I'm very fear forward. Um, and like, that's why we have the podcast because they're in a podcast is a safe space where I can let all my feelings out. But then in the real world, with, when confronted with the things I've said, I get very scared. <laughs> I understand that completely. I, hear you. I get, yeah. I get that all the time. Eb, I'm I, very fearful. Ebony's going to listen to this and all of a sudden come after me. She might. Social. She's, she went after Brian Moylan pretty hard, uh, perhaps rightfully so. Bring it. I, I was gonna say maybe that's perhaps rightfully so because he does. I mean, he has good recaps, but it's like so snarky. But like, but also, that was a little tone deaf. His his recap on that one. Fair. I agree. I agree with that. You know, I mean, 
I don't know. I think I think when you're especially on Bravo, there's sort of this like inside joke that we're all kind of in on it. Like, you know, Andy makes fun, not makes fun, but he teases them just as much. And, you know, certainly on the reunions, we've seen that certainly in Potomac. We've been seeing that in Beverly Hills. Like, I think it's okay if you want to put your life out there to have like fair enough funny judgments of people like you're not doing it from a mean place you're doing it from like we love you and we want to keep watching you but we're gonna fucking shit talk you yeah but also like we're just a wink and a nod we're giving a mouth of just things that everyone's saying at home or most people i should say you know people watch these shows and this is what they they watch it and this is what they say to their friends and we're just doing it and there just happens to be microphone on you know, right. and everyone and is talking about the breastplate be... of Mer- Meredith Marks. I guarantee it. I put fifty dollars. Oh, you know what? I'm gonna walk in there and I'll be like, yeah. Meredith Marks, we're talking about your. Will breastplate. you just text me a photo? <laughs> I'm just. I need to know. I she need needs to proof. Know. Wait, can I ask Ben and Ronnie a question? What's your least favorite Bravo show? Oh, um, uh, of all time, really not... or just recently? Like kind of what's still on the on. air currently. Both, yeah. You could do on air now. The million dollar listing is currently. The million dollar listings right are rough right now. We were just me. talking about that. They're they're going through a rough spot. All of them, really. Mm. L.A. and New York. I usually love oh, L.A. and I suffer through New York. But man, L.A. has been rough, especially with getting Frederick on there. I cannot stop. Stop. I saw him on the street. Stop. I forgot to tell you this. Wait, you guys, I was driving down Beverly, like right at Beverly and Robertson. And he was going into this place that has forty thousand dollar stoves that are super hard to get. And wow. I was stopped on Beverly and I look over and I am such a nerd. I go oh, like kind of my mouth opens and we lock eyes and he goes, he just waves like this. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah. And I didn't want to give him the satisfaction, but I can't stand him. I literally can't. I I don't know. I think I I was just telling Ronnie uh, like yesterday that I think that especially with Selling Sunset, Selling Sunset is so good that it just kind of exposes how bad Million Dollar Listing has become. So for me, that's like the bottom of the barrel at the moment. I feel like there's another show that's really bad that I didn't like, but. Um, That's what I'm struggling with. Most everything, like it's weird because million dollar. Did you guys watch Family Karma? I love Family love Karma because I love that one. I think that was a good. That's a really good one. Show. I really like uh, million, uh, not million dollar list. What's wrong with me? Mar- I love Married to Medicine original. I loved Married mm-hmm. to Medicine Houston. I think Married to Medicine LA is, LA is such bad. a snooze. That one's real boring to me. Yeah, I actually think Married to Medicine original is like it's very up and down like sometimes it can be so good but sometimes it can kind of for me it can kind of drag into like the suburban kind of like i have oh like last season was like the kids going off to college the kids go it's it's always like the 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 group trips where they do like the they do this quasi therapy i kind of get i'm like a little i'm a little over it but like it can be so good at the same time i think it's it's a better one to watch than to recap how about you guys yeah Least favorite? Yeah, I love being so negative on uh, Thanksgiving. You're my kind of people. Yeah. <laughs> Currently, my least the least the show that I'm least excited to watch because I usually have to watch ahead because I interview a lot of these people. I always work at Bravo, so I get to see cuts. This is not really a shade on them. It's just more so I don't think the show has evolved as Vanderpump Rules. 
Nah, people are not liking that. It's yeah. been tough this season. And yeah. I know, you know, there's a reason Jackson, Stassi, et cetera, are not on the show. But I also think they provided such a catalyst for it that now it's like all of them are wealthy and having kids. So being centered at a bar and bartending doesn't feel really I as totally authentic agree. as it felt. Yeah. Nine yeah. years ago when you were like, OK, these people are 23. Of course, they're hot and bartending at right. Sir on in West Hollywood. You know, like this makes sense. But now they're like in two million dollar houses. So it doesn't. Well, part yeah. of that feels I that mean, struggle like for me. I, don't, I never want to say that just because I don't want to give Jack's a pleasure. So I have to add it started last Fair. year. I mean, last year is when that show started to tank for me. It was not good last year either. So this year isn't yeah. great, but last year sucked too. So I think it still sucked with the originals. It's just, I think they're too afraid to just- They've grown out of yeah, it. Yeah, I think they're too afraid yeah. to just still call it Vanderpump Rules and follow the current crop of hoes they have in there, all man, male and female. They're all still the same. If you go there, they're still 25-year-old yeah. hoes causing drama, doing coke in the bathroom everywhere. So- Go get there. Yeah. Exactly. I actually am enjoying the season, oddly enough. I actually like the season. I think that I that I I, I was like, how are they going to do it without Stasi and Jax and, and Kristen? But I actually think that it's given the show actually a bit more focus. But I understand. I understand it's not everyone's cup of tea. But I think that ultimately, you know, no when you look at shows like Bel- <laughs> yes. oh, if you look yes. at shows like Below Deck or Summer House or even Southern Charm, they've done a pretty good job of like bringing in new faces every season so it kind mm-hmm. of they stay relevant and Vanderpump Rules didn't do that and got away with it for a long time because remember season six was absolutely amazing it was like one one of the best seasons they ever had if not the best and then it was the next season that all of a sudden the entire cast decided to like be an adult and get along and get yeah. houses yeah and that's when the show like <laughs> started to dwindle fell apart like it just because and then the the central premise like you said, kind of started to like not work anymore because they weren't in the bar and there wasn't any, there weren't new faces to like save it. I mean, there were new faces, but there were new, new I people. was going to say lots of new faces. Yeah. <laughs> Improved faces, yeah. maybe. Yes, totally. No, that's a fair point. Just doesn't feel as authentic as it once felt. Yeah. Because of that. yeah. So what do you guys, yeah. um, what do you guys look forward most forward to most in the new year do you think for bravo like what do you think is coming up that you've heard about you think it's going to be really good that's probably a better way to leave. well we're going to do yeah. bravo con next year which is going to be amazing ultimate cool. girls trip is going to it's oh, technically yeah, that's what I'm looking oh, to. questions questions about but that oh, ultimate girls trip is worth it yeah <laughs> ultimate girls trip is actually going to be completely worth it and it's really interesting because like Ramona's in there again but you know at Andy's baby shower which I had the privilege of going to it was really the only time outside of maybe Bravo Con but that was so professional where it's like you really see we were talking about kind of like West Side Story of like pages mm-hmm. and interns you really see it in the different franchises and what they bring you know like Atlanta wants to show up the last and least and have this like beautiful entrance you know like Jersey New York they don't give a shit they're coming <laughs> in like Beverly Hills like you, know, like, you just see the dynamics That's of the so different funny. cities and so even though it's a little small sampling on ultimate girl strip you know kind of like two per franchise roughly i think it's going to be really interesting to see like melissa gorga kyle richards and ramona singer and kenya hash it out <laughs> yeah, yeah and kenya oh my God. Uh, who yeah. i actually watched on dancing with the stars so <laughs> I, I i watch you know outside of bravo reality but uh i think that's going to be a great show and, and then, um, the, se- the second season of it there were pictures of like is it the second season where it was like Taylor and Brandy and all these people who were formerly on the show who are now, they all went up to like Dorinda's house. Is that the second so that's, season? Of- 
Or is that that's else? a different show. That's like a, an ex housewives kind of its own trip uh, as opposed to kind of current housewives doing a trip. So like Dorinda and Brandy and all them, they kind of go off into is that Peacock a, uh, too. Is that or are you allowed to say? I think it is. But the thing about it is like, I'm not sure where it airs first because like for Below Deck Med, which my girlfriend does, the first episode premiered on Peacock a week before it premiered on Bravo. Yeah. So I don't know how they're going to do that. I'm sure it's going to live on both. Like Real Housewives of Miami is Peacock, but I'm sure it will replay on Bravo. Do we know anything about, I, I'm also excited. Okay, wait, I'm like overstimulated right now. So first I want to <laughs> know, like, uh, for, I'm so excited. I'm as excited as I am for Ultimate Girls Trip. I'm even more excited for that Dorinda thing because it's just like all the best formers. Like that's just like a dream, that one. So I want to know, A, is that amazing? Second of all, I also want to know how Miami's shaping up because we, Ronnie and I were actually champions of Real Housewives of Miami. And um, we- I'm excited for Miami to come back. Yeah. I think it's, and the they have season? a lesbian- uh, it's the first wow. openly gay housewife on the show. Oh. Now, I know we're arguing about Bronwyn, but Bronwyn, when she came on, was not openly Open. gay. When yeah. she came on, it was more at the end of her tenure. So just clarify anyone's opinion on that. It's not like we're not seeing Bronwyn. It's just a little bit different. But I think it's going to be fabulous. I think, you know, Miami, I was a fan of it, too. Uh, I definitely thought it had more legs than two seasons. And as we've seen with Housewives, Dallas, Potomac in particular, sometimes it takes a few seasons for the yeah. audience to like get invested in them. Like the first few seasons of Potomac, I was like, it's good, not great. And then like fourth, fifth season were just yeah, it's fucking phenomenal. Fifth season, yeah, that one's great. Fifth season of Potomac was one of my favorite seasons of all time oh, of yeah. any of any yes. Housewives franchise. And I thought it was amazing. So it it takes some time. And I think now Miami, like that nostalgia factor is back to want to have like the Miami people have been kind of itching for it. So I think there's going to be fandom built up around it. I like the fact that there's an openly gay housewife. Real Housewives of Dubai is going to be amazing. We have a lot in store, but Miami is going to be awesome. And ultimate girl's trip is going to be great. Yeah. It'd be great. Yeah. I'm excited for everything that is coming to me. So you guys, thank you so much for being with us today. This was really fun. It's really great to spend holiday with new friends. Okay, guys. Yeah, love new friends. I'm thankful for you two and Liz. Oh my god, I'm thankful for We're you, thankful you for little you turkeys. <laughs> you guys, it was wonderful. Thanks for being on the show, and everyone. Thanks for having course, us. Subscribe to their podcast. Hello, scissoring is not a thing, but subscribing to their podcast is. So you better do it. Okay. Bye, everybody. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, guys. Watch What Crappens would like to thank its premium sponsors. Ain't no thing like Alison King. Ashley Savoni, she don't take no baloney. She's not just a Sheila, she's a Daniela. Itchels, Dana C. Dana Do. Erin McNicholas, she don't miss no trickleus. Hava Nagila Weber. Jamie, she has no less namey. Sip some scotch with Jessica Trotch. Just saying, okay. We McLovin, Karen McClellan. She's always supplying, it's Kelly Ryan. Kristen the Piston Anderson. Megan Berg, you can't have a burger without the Berg. You don't touch the Nicky Morgan letters. There ain't no problem that Sarah Salvia can't solve ya. The Bay Area Betches, 
bitches. And our super premium sponsors. Better than Tabuli, it's Annie and Julie. Somebody get us 10 cc's of Betsy MD. Always the wiser is Allison Weasler. We're taking the gold with Brenda Silva. She's cheese on a bagel, it's Megan Ragel. Erica, 500 days of summers. The incredible edible Matthew sisters. Don't get salty with Christine Pepper. Let's go on a bender with Lauren Fender. My favorite Murdo, Karen McMurdo. No one makes us feel well like Megan Cap Sewell. Mina Coochie Coochie Coochie. Give him hell, Miss Noel. Sarah Greenwood, she only uses her power for good. Kristen the Ruby Rubano. Can't have a meal without the Emily sides. Shannon out of a cannon, Anthony. Let's get racy with Miss Stacy. Let's take off with Tamla Plain. She ain't no shrinking Violet Kuchar. We love you guys. <laughs>